Hello and welcome to the Blake Street Irregulars, your Colorado Rockies podcast. We're here, uh, going to go now twice a week because we'll have a, a new guest and I will introduce him in a moment. But first and foremost, got to talk about our sponsors, Tap 14. Tap 14 on 1920 Blake. They're basically just about a, a minute and a half walk from the home plate entrance of the uh, Colorado Rockies home field, the Coors Field, they're down on 20th and Blake, so easy to get to, a beautiful rooftop beer garden. I actually went there yesterday after the Mother's uh, Day game in which the Rockies ended up beating the Dodgers 9-6. to We'll talk about that momentarily, but you can join me anytime up there at Tap 14. I'm there after most Rockies games. 70 Colorado draft beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Everything they make is a seasonal menu. Chef Taylor Creedon does a great job with that. It's all Colorado all the time up there and the view is tremendous as the spring starts to uh, fade away and the summer starts to heat up it's a fantastic place to watch the game even whether you're going or not pre or post so tap 14 is your place to go it's my place to go to and uh, we will actually be there on memorial day recording the version of this podcast live so catch up with them again 1920 blake and you can find them online at tap 14 spell it out tap 14.com so as we get into the the rockies play over the of course this 10 game homestand their longest of the season uh, thus far i will bring in a guest that i'm happy to say will be with me every monday over the course of the season barring something uh, very strange uh, he's from mile high sports is a guy that's at almost every single game in his role in mile high sports uh, ronnie court you can find him at ronnie k radio that on correct. twitter and how are you doing ronnie i'm looking forward to doing this with you every week i first of all i want to thank you uh i i feel very honored that you would uh, even you ask me to, to butter do me this up you're already you're time. already on you're already here <laughs> uh i'm really excited to do this not not only just because of the fact that uh well i love talking rockies i am at a uh, majority of the games and the fact that well uh, this rockies team is a very good team well, and it's been the most interesting we've seen in a while. If you were to ask most people that the Rockies at this point would be 24-15 and 15 with John Gray making three starts, with Ian Desmond missing most of April, with David Dahl not even playing yet, uh, I think you would have probably gotten a few strange looks. Which yes. story, by the way, on the DL and before that hitting, oh, I don't know, 170? Somewhere so, in that realm, yeah. Uh, I think if you were to tell people that's where the Rockies would be, I think they would be stunned. But let's go back over this homestand so 10 game homestand against arizona which at the time feels like forever ago that was a battle for first place in the nl west at the time they played it then you had the cubs come in one of those games was uh, rained out they made it up as a doubleheader the next day and they win uh that series as well and then you can split with the dodgers so i i think on the whole it's a successful homestand but it, it didn't feel like it was maybe the best homestand because the two they lost to the dodgers were somewhat disappointing now i think when you lose to clayton kershaw like they did on friday you live with that because there really aren't too many games that you play against clayton kershaw and go well we should get the win today in fact they that's not how it works it's the opposite of that when clayton kershaw pitches you're probably going to lose but it was that saturday game the shutout that the rockies had that everything went haywire their offense completely vanished struck out a whole bunch of times and tyler anderson again having a tough time when you look at the splits for the dodgers the winners jeff hoffman who was a spot start uh, as Anderson was scratched. He came, goes out, pitches a good game, and then is immediately sent back down to Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Antonio Senzatelli gets the win on Mother's Day and an emotional win for him. But the two guys that lose, again, Tyler Chatwood, Tyler Anderson, 
Chatwood now three and five on the year. Anderson two and four. It's great that they're getting the performances they are at Asenzatella, Freeland, and Marquez, who's now filling in for John Gray. But the veterans have to step up. Yeah, at some point they've really got to get it together. And this is really something that is uh, a lot of mental uh, because these guys are walk walks are just killing them right now. And uh, Chatwood post game really spoke of that and reiterated at it multiple times. You can clearly tell it is affecting him mentally that the walks that they're putting on base, it, just in general in baseball, is not good. But especially at Coors Field, where simply putting contact onto the ball uh, can can really explode into some fireworks and drive in those extra runs. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Chatwood at home has been. Uh, and I know he had that one good performance, that kind of fluky, every squirrel, every blind squirrel finds a nut type game, but uh, Chatwood really struggling at home. Anderson, too. It was uh, overall, I, I think the, the homestand proved that the Rockies belong. Uh, six and four in the 10 game homestand. They now have a large, uh, long road stand that I'm sure we'll get to here in a little bit, but uh, it, it proved they belong, but I, I would have loved to see at least them compete in some of these games where they just got torched, especially that Saturday game. Yeah, and I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, Alex Wood is a very, very good player, and he's pitched very well for the Dodgers. But the, the Rockies really had look at it, and they have two issues that concern me. And it's the fact that uh, they strike out too often and their pitchers make too many walks. Now, Antonio Senzatella did get the win. It wasn't his best outing, but I think it was a good Coors Field outing because sometimes you're not going to have your best stuff. You play a good team. Guys like Yasiel Puig are going to send a rocket down the left field line every once in a while. The catch is how many guys you're going to have base when you're doing it. But you look at uh, Senzatella, 14 walks to 29 strikeouts. Uh, That's not great. Kyle Freeland, 18 to 26. That's not great. But these guys are rookies. Ander- Tyler Anderson with a 42-14, to 14, I suppose, is acceptable. But, of course, he's getting knocked around left and right. His ERA is 6.43. But it's Chatwood, the 22 walks to 37 strikeouts for a guy that is the oldest, most veteran member of this rotation. That absolutely has to step up. But if you're the Rockies, what can you do? Because you, there, there doesn't seem to be any immediate help. I guess you could call up Jeff Hoffman, but do you really want four out of five rookies in a rotation? And that's the thing is these young pitchers are giving you a lot of uh, 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 great performances in Sensatel and Freeland, but these veterans, uh, it, it, it's tough because you're, you you have your your bullpen coach, your pitching coaches working with them, and, and Bud Black spoke about this post game. I believe it was Saturday, talking about these guys just got to get the ball down more. Is uh, There's too much elevation on these pitches, and uh, therefore there's they're getting a little wild, a little erratic. All of a sudden you walk one, two, and then this inning that had, you know, you had uh, one or two outs and it looked promising, all of a sudden you lose control, and now – you know, the game has been broken open. So uh, this is certainly a team that they would love to see John Gray back, obviously, so that they can move one of these guys uh, maybe into a long relief situation or uh, back down altogether. Certainly the walks are killing them, though. It is is the – if there was a pinpointed weakness right now, for the Rockies team, it simply walks with the starting pitching. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at the 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 whip, the the you know walks by plus hits per innings pitched, the problem is the the two starters in the rotation that are are the worst, Chatwood and Anderson. And the funny thing is, obviously it's a small sample size; he's only only pitched twelve innings. The guy stuck in between them. 
was John Gray, that when he was pitching, mm-hmm. he only had nine strikeouts to seven walks in the 12 innings he pitched. But it turns out, you know, he was he was pitching a little hurt. He had the foot problem uh, that was in spring training. They thought he could kind of work through it. Turns out he couldn't. So I think you maybe look at that and throw it out. But yeah, it ends up being an interesting situation because uh, when John Gray comes back, you, you look at the, the rotation as it is, it is possible that someone like Chatwood or Anderson might be moved yeah. out because uh, the rookies are getting the job done. It, it strikes me as kind of funny because you follow this team, I follow this team, both follow baseball. The idea that Antonio Senzatella and, and German Marquez came out of nowhere, which is the narrative. You mm-hmm. saw even things in the local paper saying that, uh, you know, it's like, who are these guys? They just came out of nowhere. Well, they didn't come out of nowhere. Both of these guys were top 10 prospects in the Rocky system. And the fact that they're performing well at this level is uh, pleasing, but not a total shock either. So maybe you're looking at the two oldest guys, or maybe even in someone like Chatwood's case, who is an unrestricted free agent after the season, maybe even a trade candidate, which is a little bit bizarre. But when you look at the starters... Now they go on the road. You face a Minnesota Twins team that, by the way, oh, they're in first place in the AL Central. Mm-hmm. This isn't the pushover Twins before. Now they're, they're getting it done, it seems, sometimes with smoke and mirrors because they're not a, they don't have a dominant offense. They don't have dominant pitching. But you look at the matchup that they're going to have over the next three when this series starts tomorrow. You have Kyle Freeland scheduled to go up against Phil Hughes. You have Marquez scheduled to go up against Irvin Santana. And then you have Chatwood again trying to get right against Jose Barrios, who's one of the very best prospects in all of baseball the Rockies now go to Minnesota for three a place they rarely play and I don't think they have a pitching advantage in any of those three at least not from the starters well and and while the pitching advantage is not there we've seen them all year long have the ability to beat good pitching uh Madison Bumgarner Clayton Kershaw Johnny Cueto I mean uh, the offense will be there and and uh there comes a time now at, at some point where uh, getting back to what you were talking about with uh, when John Gray comes back and some of these pitchers, I mean, we are really right now in a situation where it is prove-it time for these veterans because I believe we're shifting now the baton, the baton of uh, assuming Herman Marquez was going to be the guy brought back down once Johnny Gray is that, ready. That was the presumption. That was the presumption was gonna be uh, just a, by default. Know, there for a month or three weeks, right? Exactly. Now we're looking at Tyler Anderson and, and uh, uh, Chatwood really needing to prove it in this home in this road stand to say I want to keep my, my spot in the rotation there's no course field excuse been... this time around exactly. now, now you're playing at, at Minnesota and then you're playing uh, in Cincinnati you're playing in Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia's and, park is a bit of a bandbox and Cincinnati's I guess is known as too but they're not remotely but they're not field. yeah and they're not dominant offenses either we're not talking about facing the Nationals or or these extreme or the Dodgers offenses. where Puig hits eighth like he did exactly yesterday. you know so these are really prove it times for them and and we'll see how the uh, the, the pitching works around with uh, some of their strategies I and that is the one thing about this Rockies team that has really stood out to me this year that Bud Black and their pitching coaches have really handled not only the starting pitching but the bullpen exceptionally well in how they form their strategies to face certain teams, but then also how they handle relievers uh, so that they're not burned out. Because the fact of the matter is that some of the starting pitching is a weakness on this team, and it is not a starting pitching that is probably giving you the the ideal scenario of six, seven innings every single start, uh, a quality start every single time. So uh, we'll see how it, management of this is going to be key, and I'm interested to see how Bud Black really deciphers when John Gray comes back, who becomes the guy to move out 
I'm beginning to think it is a veteran at this point. Yeah, it, it is interesting to see how it shakes out because you talked about quality starts. And I'll be honest, I, I don't like the quality start stat because I think that's a pretty underwhelming number. The bar is too low. It's, yes. But given the fact that it's too low, the fact that here you go, Tyler Chatwood and Tyler Anderson, the two guys we're talking about, made six have made 16 starts combined, three have been quality starts. That compares to to 10 for the pair of Antonio Senzatella and Kyle Freeland who have made 15 starts. So that's simply not good enough. But you look at the way the Rockies are assembled. They've kind of won a lot of games on this homestand in a variety of ways. They've had games where they've had good pitching. They've had games uh, like yesterday where they had uh, underwhelming pitching, but they outslugged teams. They've they've won games in a lot of different fashions, and maybe that's what's exciting. Because now let's switch over to uh, the well, let's switch over to the bullpen, which has just been outstanding for the most part, especially the back end of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. The Rockies are now twenty and zero when leading after six innings. I don't have the entire history in front of me. I am confident the Rockies have never reached that kind of point. It's got to be a record. Ever. <laughs> uh, Greg Holland, 16 for 16 in save attempts. He's been unstoppable. Comes out against the Dodgers on Mother's Day. Faces three guys. Strikes out three guys. Good night. Have a nice evening and you know enjoy your flight back L.A. So it, it's been electric for them and the fact that they have added and it's been the free agents it's been holland and it's been mike dunn for the most part that have got it done and to an extent jake mcgee mcgee led the rockies with saves last year Mm -hmm. with 15 yeah (laughs) this back end it has been salvaging a lot especially when you're young pitchers you feel like you have a safety net it is truly amazing to watch how big of a weakness the bullpen was last year I can't tell you how many times we typed up stories as the game goes, and then in the eighth inning, we had to highlight everything and delete it because the bullpen blew the game. It it is amazing to see them become such not only a strength, but the core of the pitching. And I think when you line up your starting pitching, which is uh, average at some points, looks really good with some of the starting young pitching, and then you add a lights-out bullpen that you are so confident in right now. And the way, again, we go back to the way they're being managed, too. You kind of hinted at it uh, uh, while we were talking briefly before the podcast. Uh, Yesterday, them managing the game almost like a playoff game. Yeah. You know, in in, uh, managing matchups now down to the little nitty-gritty details because you have that luxury of so many great bullpen arms. And I, what do you say about Greg Holland? I mean, the guy is just absolutely nails. He is pitching with so much confidence, uh, set the Rockies' uh, consecutive saves to start a season record. Right. And uh, I believe 41 saves by Jose Jimenez is the franchise record. He is well on his way to breaking that. And uh, he's doing this all coming off Tommy John surgery. It was a... a, Yeah, knock on wood, because that's the one thing I think Rockies fans worry about is is the overuse, because the bullpen overuse is always a concern. Uh, When you look at some of the Rockies' numbers for their relievers, you know, they've had 39 games... But and Holland's appeared in 17 of those mm-hmm. games. That's a, a, a high number. You'd like it to be a little bit lower. You'd like the Rockies to not uh, need some of these guys so much. Holland with 17 appearances. Ottavino with 16 done. And McGee with 15 apiece. So you're maybe seeing them a little more than you'd like to. And I think I think Bud, Bud Black would like to see that go a little bit uh, down. But the quality starts aren't there, especially like we talked about. Chapwood yeah. and Anderson, they simply aren't there. You need guys to go uh, longer. So let, let's look at that game yesterday. It's a good example of one of the ways the Rockies may have to win at times if they're going to stay into this hunt. Senzatella does not have a great outing for him. The, the three walks in, in five innings, the five strikeouts in five innings, gives up two home, home runs and four earned runs. Not a great start. But he outlasts uh, Julio Urez, who's a, a 
an extraordinary prospect. A guy, mm. there are prospects you go, oh, he might be a nice player in the uh, in the majors for a while. Still, oh, he might be a rotation guy. Uh, Urias is the kind of guy that people look at and say he may win Cy Youngs. So I mean, it's that kind of talent. But he is still developing. He's only 21. So you outlast him. And then Bud Black goes and pitches Oberg for one uh, one third of an inning, then Russell for two thirds of an inning, then Dunn for two thirds of an inning, Ottavino for one third, McGee for the inning to set up, and then Holland for the last inning to save. You haven't seen that a lot from Black because he likes to let his starters go as long as he can, and he prefers not to burn those guys because one of the things we saw in the Walt Weiss managing era is that when you bring up that many relief pitchers and people look at it, well, only threw a third of an inning. Well, yeah, but he threw 55 warm-up pitches to yeah. get there. Mm-hmm. And those are still pitches that wear on you as the season goes on. But in this case, what I thought was interesting in a departure from Weiss is that Black treated this game like a playoff game, and for good reason. If you're the Dodgers with the highest payroll in the league and all the talent they have, if you leave Denver one and a half games out of first where you started, which is where they are now, mm-hmm. you don't look at it and get all that stressed. Like over the course of the season, we have the talent. We'll, we'll be in there all the way. If you're the Rockies, this isn't a place they're accustomed to being. So before leaving on that long road trip, you really don't want to lose first place if you don't have to. It's mental, especially for a team that has so many young players and is for a franchise that is not accustomed to being where they are at this point in the season. I know they've had fast starts before, but they've never had one like this. I think that was the right move to give them the day off. They have the day off today. And then you start that home that, that long road trip. So you finish the homestand with a win. You leave Denver in first place. I think the mental aspect of that and understanding how that impacts his players is one of the things that's been setting Bud Black apart. And and that game yesterday was really kind of the difference between that homestand being kind of a uh, keeping your head above water as opposed to really going into the road stand, like you said, with a lot of confidence, really putting a stamp on the homestand saying, you know what, we belong in this discussion of very good NL teams in the division race, uh, and, and certainly it was well-managed. Uh, you talked about it a little bit. Burning the bullpen is... Uh, everything I've... T- every pitcher in the bullpen that I've talked to so far, they have all hinted that Bud Black is very good at making sure communication uh, with him yes, and everyone the pitcher, knows their role. Everybody knows their role, but also knows that if they need a day off, that they will get it so that they can stay fresh. So um, the the 40, 50 warm-up pitches, and, and these are pitch counts yesterday that were a, a tad high. I mean, McGee only through one inning, but he threw 20-plus pitches right. on top of the warm-up pitches. So certainly this isn't a, a type of uh, strategic move that you want to do, I think, every, you know, certainly not every night, uh, but in key games against a key NL West opponent that, you know, the Rockies need to win these games. Uh, it, it certainly is needed. Yeah, because there is a feeling if, if they end up not winning on Sunday, that there's the nervousness, especially with the young guys or even sometimes with the veterans. Yeah. You saw Nolan Arenado be very frustrated in this series when uh, Justin Turner made a good play. And I mean, he yeah. slammed his bat down. He was upset. Yeah. Wasn't necessarily upset at himself. That, that, was, that was the feeling of, you know, our offense hasn't clicked. Uh, these things are happening. It's frustrating. So you don't want the, to lose that game, lose first place, then go on the road with that feeling of, oh, here we go again. So I think it was well-managed. Now that they go into this this road trip against a first-place Twins team, against a Reds team that is actually surprisingly in the mix in the NL Central, and then a Phillies team that isn't all that good, but who? Well, the Rockies have lost two series this year. Correct. One Eight, of them was two to and the two. Yep. Padres. So I don't think you take the Phillies for granted. So coming into this road trip, now you can put the Dodgers behind you, even though they're going to stay in your rearview mirror the whole time. 
What do the Rockies need to do on this road trip to make you feel comfortable that by the time they get home after playing these three teams on the road, that you still think they're on track to be in the hunt for the rest of the way? Well, again, I, I'm going to talk about this in the same stance that I talked about the homestand. It's time to raise the bar. Uh, let's stop talking about 500 in, say, this 10-game road stand being enough. Let's talk about 6-4, and 7-3. and three. These are teams that the Rockies, uh, they very well should be beating. Uh, these are teams that uh, they can pitch very well against. Uh, these are teams that they can out-hit. And while still being on the road, the Rockies are a good road team. And so this is a, a homestand. I would like to see them finish this, uh, this road stand Seven and three in that realm where the Rockies are really putting the foot to the throat of opponents and and really stamping themselves as serious contenders. We know that they can do it at home and uh, and and in the comfy confines of Coors Field. I want to see their offense come alive on the road uh, and more importantly, continuing that starting pitching. The starting pitching is so. It's so fragile right now. And this may go back to the fact that a lot it of the is. young... I think that's a great point. It is. Yeah. The, the young pitchers have pitched well. But you, in the history of baseball, you do not presume that any young pitcher will continue Correct. to pitch well. The, the past performance isn't always indicative of future success because the more they the, that other teams start to get a feel for you, the more they see, the more that's on tape that they can look at, all of a sudden you become very vulnerable yeah. as, it was, as we talk about the second time through the league. They're not all there yet, and they won't be in this road trip, but the next time they face the Dodgers mm -hmm. and the Giants, they'll have seen these guys. Yeah, it's like it, it's like riding a bike up a, a hill or a mountain. You know, there, there's this constant pushback for these young guys because they're facing new batters. They're facing new situations. Managers managing against them, and we're getting to the point now where books are starting to go out. They're going out on Sensatella, on Freeland, and how these guys are well, the batters are starting to pick up certain tendencies and uh, certain ways that they pitch certain situations. And so uh, one slip up while you're riding that bike up the hill, all of a sudden you can come to a standing stop and it is very hard to start up again. So it is important that there is a continued movement forward, momentum pushing forward with these guys because we have seen that they have very good stuff. Now it's all about the mental side of things and continuing that process while on the road against good teams uh, in any situation. And they are only going to get better as they go, but there will be rough spots at some point. Uh, Senzatella is going to get really roughed up and, and Freeland is going to get rocked hard or, or the bullpen is going to be, maybe Greg Holland blows a save or whatnot. It's now well, it will eventually at I some mean, that's point it's goes. going to happen. Right. And so uh, it's just continuing that forward momentum and having a, uh, game's over, all right, snap the finger, let's go to the next game. Uh, that mentality so that they can continue forward because there is a little bit of, it's certainly national, there's a perspective that the Rockies are a team that starts hot, they get into the middle of May, around this time, and then the wheels fall off. So it's trying to shake that, and I think at some point when they do shake that, because I do believe they are a very good team, then you're going to see this 
the national scene is going to take attention, and you're going to see these guys really start to have a lot of fun as we get further into the summer. Yeah, the ability to sustain will be everything, but the problem is for the Rockies, when you're not a team that has a track record of doing this sort of thing, like the Dodgers or the Giants, the Giants are having a terrible year, but it's funny, even though they're having a terrible year, you don't write them off, because they're the Giants, and you've seen them come back before. The Rockies, this is a reasonably new development, not one that at least they've done year after year. So, it is, I think, I think, Ronnie, you put it perfectly. It is fragile. It's exciting. It's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, but it's fragile. Mm-hmm. And, and so the opportunity to go out there on, on this road trip, and, it, and I'm, I'm with you. I'd love to see them go 7-3. and three. I don't think they can necessarily do that. But, but the key would be for me, uh, you want to win six, uh, and you absolutely don't want to end up with a losing Correct. road trip on this. And, and you hit it on the head. Look, this is a, sounds bizarre even as I'm saying it, a good Rockies road team. It really is. So there's a lot to be excited about. Well, we'll be able to talk with Ronnie every Monday, which is great because, you know, he basically lives down at Coors Field. So this is the guy to talk to, uh, especially since he's right here with us at Mile High Sports. You can check out milehighsports.com for all the, the radio stuff where I am in the mornings at 7 to 9 with my partner, Nate Lundy, and, and all the other great content that's up there. You've noticed we've put a lot of our guys in there. We have, we've had Casey Light. We've had Doug Ottawa. We've had Ryan Edwards. We've had Danny Williams. We were going to continue to amplify what we're doing here because, look, there is an off-season for talking Broncos, and we can talk the Rockies in the summer because it's Let's baseball talk season. baseball. It's baseball season. <laughs> so we will be with you with Ronnie every Monday. Uh, Ronnie, thank you so much. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio, uh, especially now. We'll, we'll have him every Monday to talk about the Rockies and check in as each of uh, these series sort of wrap up with the, you know, the Sunday being the, the way the series wrap up. We can get a good, nice uh, spot of where they finished and spot of where they're going. So that'll be terrific. So thank you, Ronnie, for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you next week. And want to send a shout-out again to our sponsors at Tap14. You can follow them at tap14.com. Uh, Find them there on the Internet. You spell it all out, Tap14, the number. And when you're at Cruise Field, you can't miss them. You know where Haters and Company is. Uh, you find them, you find Tap14. They're the rooftop beer garden up there. It's beautiful up there. I am up there with regularity, whether it's sitting, well, you know, whether it's sitting under one of those umbrellas or sitting at the bar because, uh, well, I am... I am a pasty, and I have a bald head, and I sunburn really easily. But it's still gorgeous out in the sun, so you can go out there, and, and they have the, the, the corn bag toss. I don't know, depending where you come from, cornhole bag toss. I don't know where you – depends on what you call it. But everything up there is Colorado. 70 draft beers, all from Colorado. 100 distilled spirits. I bet you didn't even know they make 100 different distilled spirits in Colorado. And delicious food, so before and after your game. Uh, head on up. Join me at Tap 14, and like I said, on Memorial Day, that Monday – be there recording this live. So thank you very much for joining us. For Ronnie Court, Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. My name is Sean Drotar. That's S Drotar on Twitter. And this has been the Blake Street Irregulars, a 5280 Sports Network production.